I was going to say is we should all stop saying hello. Instead, when we greet each other, we should just say bacon. Bacon. Like I it said, just, the minute you say bacon, everybody gets happy. So that's how we should greet each other from now on. Bacon. 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 All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DS Vault podcast. And today... We have Seth, we have Nathan, we have Wade, and we have Zane. They all have their cameras this time. This is the third episode. And um, let's go ahead and open with prayer, actually. So, all right. Dorley Father, thank you so much that um, we can all gather here and just talk about whatever we want to talk about, if it's you or just um, life in general and just giving our perspective and that we impact people in a very special way using this podcast. Um, We just give all glory and blessings to you, Lord. Just thank you so much for this wonderful morning. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Seth, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Go ahead and introduce yourself. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, my name is uh, Seth Gaston. I am a member of the United States Air Force. Um, I think I'm the latest uh, person in the group to be knighted. Mm. Um, and since our ritual is to share our favorite verse, uh, my favorite verse is John thirteen thirty five, which is, they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And that's what I strive to do every single day. I'm not perfect in any stretch of the imagination, but just day by day trying to love more. It's my goal. Awesome. Sweet. And that is Seth. Now what what <laughs> what what are your interests, if I may ask? We're all we're all gamers, but you're a different type of gamer in the sense of board games. <laughs> yes um i am very much so um i have a lot of board games like if you looked in the back of my car you would just see it absolutely annihilated by board games i've got long (laughs) board games like diplomacy and monopoly and i've got stupid party games like what do you mean and the voting games and stuff like that that's awesome and we have not played a board game in a very long time. Yes, we are we going to get back through. on top of that. Yes, oh, we, we haven't the movie night either. With a lot of things we haven't done recently, we need to get back onto. Yeah, I know. Totally. But y'all are boring adults, so we <laughs> time. Yep, true. Like we that. all have to have a job, or at least some of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is pretty yes. good. Lord of the Rings. I love oh, yeah. the Bible and I love talking theology and stuff. Apologetics, which is pretty much defending your faith. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Only got yeah. into it around the time I joined the Air Force. But cool. How? When did yeah. you join the Air Force? Actually. So, on May seventh, it'll be three years now. Oh, that I've been okay. in. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, how, how long do you have? It is crazy. How long do you have to be in there? Uh, so I'm an idiot and I said, I want more money. So I'm stuck for for six years. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. All right. Gotcha. It's a good time. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I do not envy you at all. 
you think no. you're going to be the full 20? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not as a boom operator. As soon, literally, as soon as you said that, he, his just face dropped. It's like, no, <laughs> never. <laughs> now, if I get a decent job that I actually like to do, maybe, but... At this point, probably not. That's probably not going to happen. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's see. Uh, we can really talk about anything that's on your guys' mind. Like, Seth, I know that you wanted to bring up scripture or something that you wanted to talk about earlier. I don't know if you yeah. want to do that now or later, but... I think two had, uh, he had a topic to talk about as well. Perfect. Perfect. We can just jump into it, either one of you guys, whoever, I guess. Whoever I, wants to go. Yeah. Uh, age before beauty. Age before beauty? <laughs> Are you calling yourself beautiful then, Seth? No. <laughs> yeah, but you don't say what age, so all you young guys. Okay, I got the camera on. All right. Sorry. No, okay, you're fine. Okay, so uh, I was wanting to talk about uh, Purim. Or Purim, depending on how you want to say it, is this coming Thursday. So that would be whatever the date is. I don't have my phone with me. So I was wanting to talk a little bit about Purim and right. why it is important. Cool. Um, what, what is pur- Purim, however you well, pronounce it? I've never actually heard of it before. Or I might have, and it just slipped my mind. All right. So Purim is a festival uh, that was established in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it deals with casting the pur or the lot. Uh, the pur was there. The lot was cast. This is back in the days of Xerxes. Because mm-hmm. um, there was an evil man named Haman who wanted to kill the Jews. And I'll give you the backstory on that. But right. God used a wonderful Jewess named Esther to save the Jewish people. Otherwise, they would have been, uh, they would have tried to annihilate them. This guy, Haman, would try to annihilate him. And there's a reason. So if you go back to, let's say, Samuel. I want to say it's First Samuel, but we'll find it here in just a second. I should have had this ready for you. Um, no, it's okay. But you okay. had Saul. You had Saul. And God had told Saul to go and get rid of... Uh, Okay. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women and children and infants and cattle and sheep and camels and donkeys. Mm. Um, So evidently the Amalekites, the sin had gotten so bad that it even, you know infected even their animals god did not want anything he was wanting them basically wiped out one of the reasons too is because the amalekites were they were a really despicable people they practiced child sacrifice and uh so if there's any uh oh what do they call the people that want to preserve cultures no matter how heinous and and evil they are um democrats <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of like anthropologists and things that um believe in just preserving cultures no matter how bad they are. Uh right. in this case, if they are practicing child sacrifice, they need to go. Um pretty much. 
Yeah, because they're a cancer. I'd say so. Yeah. And, and, and they'll try to spread that to other other uh, other people. So anyway. The word that um, came up I, to my the word that came up to my mind was archaeologist. That's archaeologist. Well, like they the, find like lost. <laughs> they more rediscover stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't preserve it, right? It's just that's the first historical discoverability person I thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anthropologists are the ones that actually study the different peoples. But anyway, so Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Talim, uh, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 from Judah. Mm. Saul went to the city of uh, Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, go away and leave the Amalekites so I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they come up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Anyway, um, but Saul and the army spared Agag, which was their king. And the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and lambs, and everything that was good, these they were unwilling, unwilling to complete to destroy completely. But everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Mm-hmm. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel: I regret that I've made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. So they let a gag live, and evidently they let somebody from his family survive too, because fast forward um, hundreds of years later. Now, the, the Jews are in exile. Um, they were taken exile by the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. And the Babylonians, of course, were conquered by the Medes and Persians. Now you have the Persian Empire under Xerxes. And this is where the book of Esther starts. By the way, interesting thing, God is not mentioned at all in the book of Esther. Mm-hmm. But he is all through it. Um, mm-hmm. You see his hand working. So... Cool. Uh, we see if you do not. This is the thing about these a lot of these Middle Eastern cultures. Revenge is so deeply entrenched in them um, that it carries on from generation to generation, generation to generation. And so, why do you want to destroy back then not only the fathers that are that are attacking you and causing problems, but the mothers and the children as well? Because you don't. The mothers will raise the children to want to get revenge for the fathers. So then if you kill the mothers, then you got a bunch of these starving orphans roaming around and, uh, and they just, they suffer for before they die. So, um, it sounds barbaric, but back then you just killed everybody. You just wipe them out. Plus that. that Yeah, that is how it was. (laughs) Yeah. So, so here you have fast forward, you have this guy, Haman, who becomes uh, one of the top advisors to King Xerxes. There's a falling out between King Xerxes and his queen, Vashti. Um, She refused to appear before the king and before his noblemen on a feast day um, when they were holding feasts because he was wanting to show off her beauty. Now, what all that entailed, I don't know. But Mm. evidently, it offended the queen. Um, So I'm going to have to close this, this thing behind me. That's fine. In a second, because I'm, right. I'm like me to the king. It's hard to see me. It's okay. You look like an angel. But, it's all right. I don't have a square halo like Nathan. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a square <laughs> halo. Even in heaven, you got to be different. What's up with you, man? <laughs> all right. So anyway, Vashti was then deposed as queen and sent away. Um, and so he basically, the king had a beauty pageant 
mm. um, among all the beautiful women of his entire kingdom and the most beautiful. And then they were brought to the king. First, they were put in his harem and then they were like given beauty treatments for so many days. And then they were brought before um, Xerxes. Anyway, mm. Esther was found. Oh, Esther's uncle Mordecai was taking care of her because evidently her um, family, her parents had died. And it doesn't really say how they died. It's just other than that, it was that Mordecai was taking care of her. And Mordecai okay. was educated. Right. All right. Her Jewish name was Hadassah. 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 The girl was shapely and good looking after her father and mother's death. Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's order and decree was proclaimed, and many girls assembled in Shushan, the capital under the care of uh, Haggai, um, who was the well, the, the guy who started uh, took care of him, Esther was was taken into the king's house and put under the charge of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. The girl pleased him and won his favor, so that he lost no time in giving her cosmetics, her portions of special food, and seven girls from the king's palace to attend her. He also promoted her and the girls attending her to the best place in the harem's quarters. Mm. Esther did not disclose her people or her family ties because Mordecai had instructed her not to tell anyone. Every day, Mordecai would walk around in front of the courtyard of the harem's house in order to know how Esther was doing and what was happening to her. But he really cared about her. Um, it was his brother's daughter. Or his sister's daughter, one or the other. Anyway, so eventually he was, she was taken before Xerxes. Um, when it came the turn for Esther, the daughter of Mordecai, or the daughter of, uh, of Achael, if it's C-H, it's a H sound, so huh. there might be a little bit of spin, yeah, uh, uh. gotta get the, gotta get the loogies going there, who Mordecai had adopted <laughs> his own daughter, took her before the king, um, she didn't ask for anything other than what Haggai, the king's officer in charge of the harem, advised. You know why? Because he knew the king. He knew mm. what the king was like. Right. Anyway, Smart man. the king liked Esther more than any of his wives. None of the other virgins obtained such favor and approval from him. So he put the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Ashti. And there was a great banquet. Now, Mordecai then uncovered a conspiracy. I'm going through the book of Esther here in brief. Right. Um, he uncovered this conspiracy. There are two people in the king's household, uh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, and they were going to conspire to, to execute him. But because Mordecai had been hanging around there all that time trying to find out what was going on with Esther, he right. found out about it, and he mm. reported it. When it was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were impaled on poles. All this was recorded in the book of the annals of the, in the presence of the king. It happened, but then the king forgot about it conveniently. Very convenient. After these events, yeah, because God was going to bring it up at a later date. Right. Very cool. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, some of Hamadatha, um, the Agagite. The Agagite. So here we have this Amalekite mm. line that came back up again. And now they're in a position of power. Mm. Um, all the king's servants at the king's gate would kneel and bow before Haman because the king had so ordered. But Mordecai would neither kneel nor bow to him. 
because he wasn't God and he wasn't the king. Right. So the king's servants at the king's gate asked Mordecai, how come, why don't you obey the king's order? But after they had confronted him a number of times without his paying attention to them, they told Haman in order to find out whether Mordecai's explanation that he was a Jew would suffice to justify his behavior. Haman was furious when he saw that Mordecai was not kneeling down and bowing down to him. However, on learning what people Mordecai belonged to, it seemed to him a waste to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Rather, he decided to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, wow. throughout all of the kingdom of Xerxes. Right. So in the first month, the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of Xerxes, they began throwing the, the purr, that is, they cast lots. That's where they get the name purr. Hmm. And they found the lot fell on the twelfth month of the month of Adar. Um, then Haman said to Xerxes, there is a certain people dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of other people. Moreover, they don't observe the king's laws. It doesn't benefit the king to tolerate them. If it, if it please the king, have a decree written for their destruction, and I will hand over 3,000, no, pardon me, 330 tons of silver to the officials in charge of the king's affairs to deposit the royal treasury. So I'd imagine get his way. I imagine that's pretty heavy. It's a lot of silver. Three hundred and thirty tons of silver. Yeah. So I don't know how much silver is worth nowadays. Fifteen to twenty bucks, you know, an ounce. Maybe yeah. How many ounces are in a ton? I mean, we're talking a lot of money. Yeah. So the king, so like, ooh, he took his signet ring from the hand from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, the money is given to you and the people too to do what seems good to you. So the money was probably to pay for soldiers or professional mercenaries, whoever, to kill them all. Right. The king's secretaries were summoned on the 13th day. Anyway, <clears throat> letters were sent by courier to all the royal provinces to destroy, kill, and exterminate all Jews from young to old, including small children and women, on a specific day the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, to seize their goods and as plunder. A copy of the document to be issued as a decree in every province was to be publicly proclaimed to all the peoples so that they would be ready for that day. At the king's order, the runners went out quickly, and the decree was issued in Shushan, their capital. Uh, that would be Susa um, mm. in, in our language today. Then the king and, ha and Haman sat down and drank together. But the city of Shushan was thrown into confusion. It's like, what's going on? All right. When Mordecai learned everything that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out through the city, lamenting and crying bitterly. He stopped before entering the king's gate, since no one was allowed to go inside the king's gate wearing sackcloth. In every province reached by the king's order and decree, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Mm. So, when the girls and officials attending Esther came and informed her of this, the queen became greatly distressed, because I don't think she knew. Because think about it, guys. How often is royalty um, just, like... Completely sheltered from the real reality of what's around them? Yeah. Right. So she probably had no clue what was going on. And no one knew that she was a Jewess. Right. So she sent clothes for Mordecai to wear instead of a sackcloth, but he wouldn't accept it. 
So Esther summoned um, Hatika, one of the king's officials. Uh, Hataka, I'm sorry, Hataka. I was. It just got so silent. I almost thought he disconnected. <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> like, like no oh, one said oh. anything. And I'm like, did my computer break? What just happened? <laughs> so the a lot of these names don't just roll off your tongue. Like, oh, Jim, definitely you know, not. Yeah, Fred. yeah. You yeah. see Fred and instruct him to go to Mordecai. You know, find out what was going on. So Mordecai, <laughs> um, eventually told her what was going on. Yeah. Upon being told what Esther had said, Mordecai asking them to give Esther an answer. Don't suppose that merely because you happen to be in the royal palace, you will escape any more than any other Jews. Mm. For if you fail to speak up now, relief and deliverance will come to the Jews from a different direction. But you and your family's family will perish. And who knows that you didn't come to a royal position precisely for such a time as this. Crazy. Um, cool. So Esther made a request. She set a banquet and she made a crest for the to the king. Um, and she asked him, you know, they were eating and drinking, and and the the king was so pleased. First off, she went into the king. You could not walk in unannounced into the king's presence without being executed. If you did so, for sure, they would immediately take you out and kill you. He had to extend his scepter. If he extended his scepter, then you were allowed to live. If he didn't, you would die. Mm. It's crazy. Not even saying a word, just doing, just using the scepter. Mm -hmm. And so she fasted for three days, uh, for three days, night and day. Now, in um, Hebrew, a day use the word yom. Yom just means an in, in specific amount of time. Unless it says evening and morning. If it has evening and morning, then that kind of brackets it, and that means a specific... Get my eyes to where they're straight up. There they go. <laughs> it brackets it to mean a specific 24-hour period. So if you see the word yom in the Bible, if it doesn't say evening or morning, then there has to be some other indication saying of how long the time period is. Right. So when it says three days, there's evening and morning, day and night. So they fasted the same way, and I will go to the king, which is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So that was a tough thing for her to do. Right. It took courage. Definitely. But he extended the royal, um, the royal scepter, and then uh, she threw a banquet several nights in a row. And she wouldn't tell him what she wanted at first. She kept it a secret. So it's like uh, it's like at the end of a season they do a cliffhanger. Oh uh, right! It's like oh, I want to see where the next one is. So <laughs> totally. <laughs> anyway, they want to uh, they want to keep you coming back, coming back for more, and so that's what she did. So Haman went out happy because because he was the only one invited to besides the king. He was the only one invited to the banquet. So it's mm. just him, the queen, and king. So he thinks, man, I'm being specially honored. Haman went out happy and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. Calling wow. together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, 
Uh, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and everything connected with how the king had promoted him and had given him precedence over all the other officials and servants of the king. Indeed, Haman added, that Esther the queen let nobody into the banquet with the king that she had prepared except for myself. And tomorrow, too, I invited by her together with the king. Yet none of this does me any good at all as long as I see as long as I keep seeing Mordecai the Jew remaining seated at the king's gate. At this, Zeresh's wife and all his friends said to him, Have a gallows 75 feet high constructed. And in the morning, speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on it. Mm. Then go in and enjoy yourself with the king at the banquet. Haman liked the idea, and so he had a gallows made. 75 feet high. Why this 75 why feet get high? hung up on the small stuff. Huh? This is why you don't get hung up on small things. Very true. Yeah, because you could get hung up on a really big thing. <laughs> there you go. Eventually. Yep. Quite literally, yeah. But here's the Lord working behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. That night, the king couldn't sleep, so he ordered the records of the daily journal brought, and they were read to the king. It was found written that Mordecai had told about Bigatha and Teresh, two of the king's officers from the group in charge. Bigatha, you know, that sounds like a guard guy. Mm, my name is Bigatha. <laughs> anyway. Or, or, or it's like a really small dude. Yeah. yeah. My name is Bigatha. Anyway, don't mess with me. I'll mess you up. Um, <laughs> two of the king's officers from the group in charge of the private entryways who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes, king asked what honor or distinction was conferred on Mordecai for this. The king's servants answered, nothing was done for him. Mm. And the king asked, hold on a second. You're good. Here, lift the chair. <laughs> Got to get my broad manly shoulders. And, uh, In frame. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But keep the beer belly out. Oh, I yeah. don't have a beer belly. It's not from beer. It's just from eating lots of Bacon. <laughs> Turkey bacon, though. Turkey bacon. I'm healthy about it. Anyway, all of a sudden, anybody who watches this, they're like, he eats turkey bacon? Oh, man. He slayed me. Because <laughs> that's the that reason why drop. they click off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no the, tur the turkey bacon was the deal breaker for them. <laughs> man, it was going so great. The story was awesome. Then he says, turkey bacon. Click. <laughs> <laughs> the king asked so what honor or distinction was conferred on Mordecai for this the king's servants answered nothing was done for him and the king asked who sat in the courtyard for Haman had come into the outer courtyard of the king's palace to speak with the king by hanging Mordecai on the gallows so Haman had his plans but God had another one mm -hmm. so who's really in control so the king saw true king said, Haman's there. And he said, have him come in. So Haman came in. And the king said, what should be done? What should be done for a man the king wants to honor? Haman thought to himself, <laughs> whom would the king wish to honor more than me? I'm, I'm just the greatest. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like that type head. of laughter. Yeah. It's that royal laughter with like the pinky up. Sipping like <laughs> coffee or tea or something. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor. 
<laughs> yeah, Doctor Evil. Yeah. You should give him one million, one billion dollars. <laughs> no. Um, Haman thought to himself, "Whom would the king want to honor more than me?" So Haman answered, "For a man the king wants to honor, have royal robes brought, which the king himself wears, hopefully laundered first. The king True. wears, and a horse the king himself rides with a royal crown on his head." Mm. The robes and the horse should be handed over to the one of the king's most respected officials, and they should put the robes on the man the king wishes to honor and lead him on horseback through the streets of the city, proclaiming ahead of him, this is what is done for a man the king wants to honor. The king said to Haman, hurry and take the robes and the horse, as you said, and do this for Mordecai. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, if that didn't happen in real life, it should have. There should have been like guys in the background with the trumpet. <laughs> I'm sure Haman. Hey, one of those moments where you feel like you've just been hit. Yeah, uh, he probably peed himself. Honestly, oh yeah. man, that's crazy. It's and it's do like... this for Mordecai the Jew who sits at the king's gate. Don't leave out anything you mentioned. So Haman's going to have to lead this guy, mm. who he's had committed or condemned to death, right? He considers his mortal enemy. If he had just left, well, no, God, here's the deal. God wanted the Amalekites wiped out. Right. Some of them survived to a later date, ended up in the Persian Empire as well. And now God is going to get rid of them. Um, he is going to finish the work that Saul did not do. Because obviously this guy is a murderer. He doesn't oh, care. I mean, for sure. Um, and he's brought the king in on this. So Haman took the robes and the horse, dressed Mordecai, and led him through the streets of the city as he proclaimed ahead of him, this is what is done for a man who the king wants to honor. I mean, he probably had to yell it, but you know, he's just wondering, this is what the king wants done for a man he wants to honor. Yep, this is what the king wants, whatever. King wants it. You know, he wasn't, his heart, I'm sure, wasn't in it. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home mm -hmm. with his head covered in mourning. After Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had happened to him, his advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, If Mordecai, before, you, before whom you have begun to fall, is a Jew, you will not get the better of him. On the contrary, your downfall before him is certain. Mm. While they were still talking to him, the king's officials came, hurrying to bring Haman to the banquet Esther had prepared. Oh, you talk about drama. You have drama. We're going to have even more action coming up here pretty soon. So, <laughs> um, so the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet. The king again said to Esther at the at the wine banquet whatever you request queen esther it will be granted you will be granted it whatever you want at the half the kingdom it will be done esther the queen answered if i have won your favor king and if it pleases the king then what i ask be given is my own life and the lives of my people for we if we had been sold um i and my people to be oh for we have been sold i and my people to be destroyed, killed, exterminated. If we had only been sold as men and women slaves, I would have remained quiet. Since then, since then, our trouble would have not been worth the, the damage it would have caused to the king. 
Mm. Um, King Xerxes asks Esther, the queen, who is he? Where is the man who has dared do such a thing? And Esther said, a ruthless enemy. It is this wicked Haman. Haman stood aghast, terrified before the king and queen. This is a man who wants to kill the king's own queen. Mm. In a rage, the king got up from the wine banquet and went out to the palace garden. But Haman remained, pleading with Esther the queen to spare his life, for he could see the king had decided what to do with him. Haman had just fallen on the couch where Esther was when the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet. He shouted, is he even going to rape the queen here in the palace before my very eyes? The moment these words left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Whoa. Arvona, one of the king's attendants, said, Look, the gallows, 75 feet high that Haman... said, Look, look at the gallows, 75 feet high that Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke only good for the king. It is standing in Haman's house. The king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai, and then the king's anger subsided. Whoa. That's crazy how things just flip. Mm-hmm. Just hang him on it. <laughs> That's boom. Yeah. Yep. So you don't make a king angry. Uh yeah. He, he will have his way with you. Uh yeah. I mean, so he took the signet uh, ring, which he had taken back from Haman and gave it to Mordecai. Then Esther put Mordecai in charge of Haman's house. Uh, they ended up executing all of Haman's family. And then, um, because they couldn't really undo the law that they already had done, they made a second law saying that the Jews could protect themselves against their attackers. And a great fear issued over all the people. Um, Crazy. And the letters the king had granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and defend their lives and destroy killing and exterminating any forces of any people or province that would attack them, their little ones or their women, or they would try to seize their goods as plunder. On the designated day in any of the provinces of King Xerxes, namely, in the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, a copy of the edict was to be issued as a decree in every province. All right, so couriers riding on fast horses went all over. The time approached for the king's orders and decree to be carried out, the day when the enemy of the Jews, the enemies of the Jews hoped to overpower them. But as it turned out, the opposite took place. The Jews overpowered those who hated them. Thus, on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the Jews assembled in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack anyone who tried to do them harm. And no one was able to withstand them because all the peoples were afraid of them. So, they protected themselves and their properties. They actually got a lot of spoil out of it. And Purim was established. Mordecai mm -hmm. recorded these events and sent letters to all the Jews in all the provinces of King Xerxes, both near and far, instructing them to observe the 14th day of the month of Adar and the 15th day every year to commemorate the days on which the Jews obtained rest from their enemies and the month for them, which was turned from sorrow into gladness and the morning into a holiday, there to make them days of celebrating and rejoicing, sending portions of food to each other 
and gifts and giving gifts to the poor. So like, That's hey, cool. They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. Yeah, it's it. It's really cool how God turned something that was so bad into something so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and then these days have been called Purim, after the word word Pur, because thus everything was written in this letter. What they have seen comes there. All right, there's one other thing I want to read here. All right. Ah, here it is. And that these days would be remembered and observed throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city. Every family, every city. And that these days of Purim would never cease among the Jews or their memory be lost by their descendants. Uh... There's another thing. Cool. Hold on. There's one thing. It's. It wasn't just the Jews. It was also those who would join them. Hmm. I know it says that here, but for some reason I can't find it. Is it a different Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Jews took on themselves to establish the custom, and that should be their descendants and all who would join them should, without fail, observe these two days every year. So all who who would join them. So, and that that stands for Gentiles, too. Mm. Why is this story so important? Because it's another example of when Satan tried to destroy the Jews— but God kept the Jews alive because the Messiah yep. was destined to come through their number. Right. So it doesn't explicitly say anything about the Lord in this in this book, but God is all the way through it. Oh yeah. But it yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, oh yeah, you just see how everything's weaved together by his hand so 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 delicately. And so perfectly, it's aw- it's so cool, and how this book Esther just really translate to our lives a lot too, and how and just and how just like everything is just interwoven together with our lives. Like we have these chance meetings through life, and we just have like these weird, interesting things that happen, and it's just like we don't think about it sometimes, but it's God showing Himself as really cool. It is. Well, the other thing is because it also includes the Gentiles into it, you see how he's going to include. Mm-hmm. So you see how he's going to include um, Gentiles also into salvation. Right. We can be part of this. Um, there's a lot of cool things. Like we make cookies every year called Hamantaschen, which are, uh, oh, they're delicious. <laughs> Zane I, looks I, very happy. <laughs> yeah. I oh, want I this it. cookie now. This cookie. So oh, this cookie. Good has been around for like, I don't know, like thousands of years. This is an old, old, old festival. So evidently back then they wore like a tricorn hat because mm. they make these cookies in the shape of a triangle and they fill it with uh, like fruit preserves. And ooh. depending on the type of preserve you put in it, it could be kind of eh, or it can be, ooh, that one's good. Nice. Man. Tina it, makes one out of plums that are just it, awesome. Oh, cool. Is it like a fruitcake cookie? No. Okay. No, not a fruitcake cookie. Fruitcake is, uh, but these cookies are like, oh, 
I don't know how to describe it. Other Inter- is it like is it normal like? Do you use like normal cookie dough and stuff, or is it like a cookie made out of like sugar or whatnot? Like how is yeah, it made? Yeah, no, you use like normal cookie dough, and okay. you you cut it in the shape of a circle, but then right. you fold like three ways, and so you have this oh. center which has this um, usually fruit preserves of some type with like they're sugary. Yeah, it's right. Not, it's not like healthy, but it's good. Right, it's not good. It's good for the soul. Sweet. I need to have this in my life. Oh, try so it. we're going to be making some later today, possibly tomorrow, Ooh. and we will have a bunch that uh, I, I guess I, I, I guess we could share them. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to. Can? No, um, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. Oh, we can we can make. We're supposed to share them, actually, because it's supposed to, you know, give the gifts. Those who join us, those who join yeah, us, Dad. Those who join us. Right. So, they can you see cooking. this. You see this wonderful thing about how God includes us in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, He preserves uh, the line of the Jews so that the the Messiah can come. Cool. Anyway, so that is Purim. It's coming up this Thursday, starting. I think Thursday night going to Friday because it's cool. over two days. Um, because in the lunar calendar, you know, it starts evening in the morning. Mm. Um, the, a day, 24 hour period is uh, from actually from evening to evening. Um, from the sundown to sundown. So, so there's your backstory on Purim. And so cool. I forget how awesome. Promise. I forget how awesome the book of Esther is. <laughs> I just it's, it's one of those good. books to where I feel like I don't get taught enough. You really y'all see just, both Go ahead, Seth. I was just wondering if y'all have seen the movie One Night with the King because yes. if you haven't it's a banger. All right, um, there's a lot that I haven't seen so I have not. So, Haman is kind of weird. You know, in when it says he was begging in Esther, he wasn't begging to my memory in one night with the king who's being kind of no. creepy like i'm gonna kill you so that's kind of weird but other than that i think it's a relatively faithful adaptation of what right gotcha yeah it was uh, it was up to the end and i don't know if that's the director's vision anytime you go away from the bible it lessens it it really um, does it really really does it like it's like all of a sudden like waters down all of a sudden yeah but they did some cool things like with their pendant and having the Mogan David, the Star of David in there, and how it was shining around on the walls. That was a really neat addition. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, Although, yeah. never mind, never mind. I thought the actors... No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Seth. This, this is the place to share your thoughts, man. <laughs> yeah. We gotta get that content. <laughs> this is a safe zone. This is a well, safe zone where all of you can express your ideas without having any judgment... Or, sorry. <laughs> um, I was just thinking during that movie, did she wear it all the time? Because I don't remember. Yes, because she wore she... it. So they took it from her when they like were taking wealth from all the girls, I think, and then she got it back when the treasurer guy was like, "This is what the king would like." And then she wore it when she went to go see the king. Mm. 
well, dang, it's crazily lucky how she didn't step next to a fire when you just see all those stars of David and the king's like, hmm, that's interesting. That's kind of weird. Yeah. But okay. uh, that that bit's a little fiction, but no, it's of course. a cool element. Cool. Like, but uh, that's a great, great movie. Oh, all I right, love it. Sweet. I'll have to check it out. Never seen it, so. Well, you know, we have this. It looks like we have a channel that says movie night. So, you know. True. We can have a movie possible. night. We can yeah. watch it. <laughs> it's actually really well done. I mean, sweet. There's some funny parts, like when he's interviewing the different women and <laughs> and it's one's trying to get on a horse, but she's so covered herself in gold. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's got like three guys trying to lift her and all her gold on the horse. And he's just like, OK. And Xerxes Ur- <laughs> is just like, uh, Erxes, he's just Erxes. Erxes. Although I think my favorite scene. Just keep going. Huh? Yeah, I think my favorite scene from the movie is when she's going in to see the king. And in the movie, they had a falling out. And like, so in the Bible, it says she was dressed in her royal attire. But in the movie, I don't think she was. She was just in a gown or something. Mm-hmm. And she goes in there and the king stands like he's about to kill her. But he pulls out the scepter and she falls on the ground touching the scepter and it's all very dramatic but i think that's my favorite oh, yeah, a sword's movie. dropping he uses a scepter to stop the sword cool oh yeah that was a thing yeah. i forgot about that crap i actually you i see? actually do like that adaptation i thought that was cool yeah that was very cool it makes Dang, sense though why they wouldn't want just random people walking in I make mean, a lot of assassins and stuff oh, would be after his for head and sure. enemies so if you're not announced, you know, who who the heck are you? What are you doing there? I mean, you had people that would spend years just trying to get close to him to, the, you know, try to assassinate him. Look oh, at the yeah. attendance that Mordecai turned in. The assassins actually originated in Persia. Oh, that's yeah. where they started. That's where they started. And that's where yeah. we get the term from. I but, thought uh, the assassins originated in the Holy Land during the Third Crusade. That's no, what Assassin's moved- Creed taught me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Assassin's Creed isn't entirely historic. They moved there from Persia, the old man in the mountains. He had been exiled, and he was trying to find a base of operations where he could continue to his fight against... I think he was... Was he Shiite? And he was wanting to fight the Sunni Muslims? I don't know. I, mean, I could be getting that backwards, but it was the inter-Muslim factionary war going on with them. I'd have to yeah. look it up again. Interesting. But I I guess we could, you know, Wikipedia it or something. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's that important, though. Uh, he, uh, the, I'm not a college uh, professor. I'm not the guy that's going to say, you cannot use Wikipedia, even though it actually has some, you know, seriously <laughs> yeah. good information on it. So yeah. How else am I supposed to find out about freaking Yoda running people over in his Honda Civic while on ketamine? <laughs> That's Wikipedia. There's a difference. <laughs> oh. oh man. Anyway, no, that, that's sweet. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little set. I'm gonna step away here so I can get my phone and now I wanna know about the assassins. So I'm gonna look that up. Okay, sweet. Oh, okay. 
I will I will be back later to completely derail whatever you're talking about and all of a sudden start talking about assassins. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Let's go. assassins. We run the whole gamut throughout this entire thing. I'm down. Hey, this is assassins is uh during the crusades too, so mm-hmm. it fits right. with the theme of crusading. Yeah, there it does. Deus Vault. In Deus fact, Vault. actually, I think Deus Vault. The uh, Templars and the um, Hospitaller Knights were like the only people the Assassins really couldn't touch. Because mm. if they killed the Grand Master or whatnot, it didn't matter. The Order held itself together. It wasn't like a monarch holding everyone together. So they right. actually paid tribute, I think, to the two Knight Orders to keep them off their backs. Crazy. That's where op- awesomeness comes in. So we can't kill this man because of his awesomeness. That well, is they kill him. Assassin's Creed song. Sorry, <laughs> <Huh? laughs> what? He's like, sorry, saying. <laughs> no, but it, because if they couldn't, if they tried to kill the guy, they just a new knight would step up, take his place. So it, it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So they, they, had, they had a, a line of succession that that was really well established. Yeah, they just vote in the next guy who they thought would. Uh, fulfill the duties needed there they were really gosh they, they were a really well thought out and like organized organization both huh. of them which He's is why cool. the king of france sucks so much was it philip the fourth i think yes yeah something like that well i Greedy. don't want to elaborate more on the french so <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> I'll be back. Darn I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my frogs. Frogs. All right, sounds good. I was just thinking, I think that's what Assassin's Creed taught me. I think they taught me that. <laughs> in, oh, in those people first... at Ubisoft. Yeah, because in the first game, you kill Robert de Salbe, who's mm. like the Grand Master of the Templars. Mm-hmm. In the second game, you do not kill what's-his-face, Rodri- Rodrigo de Borgia whatever his name is. I don't know. It's Italian. In the, in the third game, I'm a mummy. you kill Cesare, Rodrigo's son. In the fourth game, you kill... You go up to the Byzantine Empire. Yes. Right? You, in the fourth game. Yeah, you kill, like, the Byz... Well, the former Byzantine Emperor because Constantinople had fallen at this time. Hmm. Mm. Fifth game, you kill. Who do you kill? You kill we're Charles just, Lee. We're just going through all the Assassin's Creed. In six, I don't know, but Wait, which one case, was? I'm, what was what was six? Was six Black Flag? Yes, that was the sixth one. Oh, I I don't know. I never actually played Black Flag. Black Flag's but awesome. I don't remember but it's which. Called Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah. Um bizarre but i think no the last game i played was assassin's creed syndicate Mm. because after that they went all rpg and stuff and they went to like the palmaic empire and then macedonian greece and i'm just like and they weren't really assassin's creed in that like i i i want to get origins at some point because that one actually looks fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things. To have a game that like allows you to run around in ancient Egypt and whatnot in like a cool setting. Yeah. Well, I th- it's not ancient Egypt. It's like romantic Egypt. That's the problem. 
<laughs> oh well. the The point is, I want to run around and fight Egyptians. Seth, don't take that from me. But, <laughs> but my, yeah, uh, computers too crappy to run it right now. It's okay. But yeah, like I don't. The last Assassin's Creed game I played was uh, Black Flag, and that was the last good Assassin's Creed game I think, <laughs> in my own opinion. Okay. I, I haven't played. played Unity was the last one. That yeah, I, played, I heard which, that Unity had some issues. It had a, it had a rough start. <laughs> it had a really rough start. At this point, it's actually I think a really fun one. It's the only okay. one that you can play with your friends on. Right, I think that was cool. Which yeah, I mean at this point, Unity runs fine. Right, but uh, it was largely forgotten. Yeah, by the Ubi- time they actually fixed it. Yeah, Ubisoft as a company has definitely gone downhill. <laughs> Because they're now, yeah. like, adding, like, NFTs and stuff to video games. Because they are, you know, money-hungry. Which isn't anything new. So. I feel like most game companies are like that now, unfortunately. There's only... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I only need if, to show y'all this. Alright. What's that? I'm going, I'm going to show you the glitches from Assassin's Creed Unity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's let's go. All right, here. Oh. Let me open up the stream real quick. So just look at this crap. <laughs> oh, so this is from yeah. I've seen that picture before. <laughs> yeah, the the early days of Unity where faces would disappear. Yeah, you just had the eyeballs and the, the freaking teeth. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Oh, oh man, no, it's it's a completely normal, fully fleshed out, no bugs whatsoever video <laughs> game. Yeah. Hey, it, it was oh. fun though, back in the day. Oh yeah, or, for sure. <laughs> you stab that person, you just hear a... <laughs> the air coming <laughs> out of him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Alright, well Seth, do you want to um, start your whole thing? Do you want me you to want? start my whole thing? We're an hour in. <laughs> sure. Uh, maybe next time. Oh, maybe I mean, next time? Okay, yeah, we are yeah. an hour in, I guess. We're like uh, 40 minutes, I think, or 50. But I have nothing better to do all day except maybe do laundry, but who cares about laundry when I can nah, hang out? Who needs laundry? Just make <laughs> this a long episode. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm going to have to get off myself, though, soon, boys. Okay, that's fine. Well, you can do whatever the heck you want, but I think what I'm going to do, instead of doing Romans chapter 3, is I'm going to do 1 Corinthians 15. Fun. Because it's about as good, if not as good, as Romans chapter 3. So Mm. let me tell you some good stuff in here. (laughs) So for all of my people who do not know, 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about the resurrection of Christ and how it's essential to the gospel and to our salvation. Um, And also later in the chapter, it talks about our resurrection bodies. And in case you don't know, in our day is vault class, we're talking about revelation. And actually this next Friday is going to be when we're talking about the new heavens and the new earth. So I'm like, yep. Perfect. "Ah, Let's Let's get that segue in there. Let's yeah, go. that's good. That's good. Uh, that's good. Yeah. It's the ending right. of Revelation. And then we have to find a new book to talk about. Yes. <laughs> and spend a whole year. 
talking about. <laughs> Bro, you could send a century on any book and you'll never get everything out of it. Like it's, it's just so true, man. Even Obadiah. And Obadiah is like what, fifty verses or something, if even. Yeah, something like that. It's so crazy. Good. But anyway, let's yeah. go ahead and just dive in. First Corinthians fifteen, verse one. First so this is the apostle. This is the apostle Paul to, talking to the Corinthian church. Now the Corinthian church is a Gentile church mm-hmm. predominantly, and they're having some issues. So Paul's coming alongside him and being like, "Yo, this is what's wrong with you." And right now he's talking on the resurrection. Right. So he says, "Now I want to make it clear to you." And by the way, I'm using the CSB Bible. Um, now I want to make it clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preach to you, which you have received, on which you have to take your stand. So what's Paul saying right here? Right here is Paul saying, bro, I want to make it clear. God wants to make it clear. This is the gospel I preach to you, which you've received. Now you're going to take a stand. This is the hill you're going to die on. The right. gospel. Um, and by which you are being saved, if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So if you believe in this gospel, which you have received, you'll be saved. So what's this gospel, Paul? Well, in the next verse, he's going to tell you. Uh, For I passed on to you as which as most important, what I also received. So listen. What did Paul just say? For I passed on to you what is most important. So this is the most important stuff that he's listing off right here, right? Mm, right. Okay. So write this down. That Jesus died for your sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. That he also appeared to Cephas, then the twelve. So right there. Did you catch a phrase being said multiple times? That's a question. Sorry. Most people don't know. Uh, Cephas is Peter. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which thanks. verse are you in? So I'm in verse chapter first first chapter. Um, so verses three through five. Okay. Um, do you see a phrase that's being repeated there? He was buried. Uh, with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. With the scriptures. Yes. Twelve. Yeah, that's why I recognize. So, this is Paul pretty much saying, I've passed on to you what is most important. Mm-hmm. And the phrase, according to the scriptures, that means, don't believe what I say because I say it. Right. Believe it because it's in the Bible. <laughs> exactly. Believe it because it's in the scriptures. Believe it because Isaiah talks about it, because Jeremiah talks about mm-hmm. it, because Moses talks about it, because... It's God's word. Micah talks about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he said that Jesus died for our sins and that I was raised on the third day. Mm-hmm. 
So if they weren't explicitly said in the scriptures, like it was prophesied in the scriptures that he was going to die and he was going to rise from the dead. So write that down. But also he appeared to Cephas and then to 12 and in verse six, then he also appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Mm. I love how it says fallen asleep. Look, I'm using yeah. ESV, and it still says fallen asleep. That's mm. so good. So, what Paul's trying to do here is, again, don't believe me because I said so. Mm-hmm. You've got Cephas, who is Peter. You've got the 12 apostles spread th- spreading the gospel throughout the world. And you've got over 500 brothers and sisters, some of whom fell asleep but most of whom are still alive. So you can talk to them and you can ask for their eyewitness testimony Mm. that they did see Jesus. He came back from the dead and he's going to come back again. And they can testify to that because they have seen him. Right. Um, Verse seven. Then he appeared to James, who is the brother of Jesus. And then to all the apostles. So Jesus, or sorry, James mm-hmm. is the brother of Jesus. Right. And when Jesus was alive doing his ministry, um, I forget where it was said, but um, they did not believe in Jesus. Because let's be honest, uh, Zane, if Weston walked in and he's like, yo, I'm Christ, like, I'm doing all these miracles and stuff. Why don't you believe me when I say I'm God? Bro, I'm so good at this video game. <laughs> I'm literally God right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, why should I believe you? Like, you're my brother. I've known you ever since you were a kid. Like, you you scraped your knees just alongside me. Mm. Like, you flubbed your words just like I did. Like, you ate the same food I did. What makes you special? Right. But when Jesus rose, James, he got it. And he's like, dang, this guy's for real. And he became mm-hmm. a leader in the church. It's awesome. Um, right, that's really cool. I there's so many small little details that you miss so much when you just like each verse has so much depth and detail, and like yes. no matter how short it is, like even the shortest verse, Jesus wept, has so much depth in it. It's yeah, like, let's actually let's actually break that down. So what's happening at that time? When Jesus wept, Zach, what's happening? Oh gosh, I. Uh, this is like when he's in the courtyard, right before he is. This is when he's sweating a lot. No, this is when uh, when his friend Lazarus. Oh, is that's dead. this is when yeah. Lazarus, Lazarus passed. Is just, okay, and yeah. he showed up to the, the funeral, and he's witnessing everyone else weeping and in mourning, right, for their it's, friend's death. Right, that's right. Because he knows. What what it's demonstrating here is that he understands the pain of loss, the, the pain of separation mm-hmm. uh, when somebody loses somebody. Um, a good example of this is my aunt, where, who I love very, very much. Last night I was going through um, getting all the pictures to give to, to Zach. Right. Um, by the way, Zach, thank you very much for doing that video again. No problem. Um, 
But I was going through these pictures and I was arranging them so that Zach would know what order to put them in for the video he's going to do for the funeral, which is on Monday. Anyway, as I was going through these pictures, I was just seeing her and I was losing it. I was just crying. I was bawling. Yeah. And I know I know she's with Jesus. I know she's with the Lord. That's um, just that separation. Yeah. I've, I've got to wait a little while before I'm going to be able to see her again. Yeah. And, uh, and the afternoons of, of, you know, being able to go over there and give her a treat and goodie bags. Cause you know, she was invalid. She was in bed most of the time, especially the last few months of her life. She just couldn't get up and get into her wheelchair anymore. And, she, you know, they made pretty decent food for her there, but you know, she didn't get like candy bars or homemade pie or, and, uh, you know, she only had the use of one hand too, and so she would eat. She eat really slow. Mm-hmm. Though the point is, is I know she was in bad shape, and for her, it's been a release, and she's dancing with the Lord now. You know, she's out of that, out of bed, out of the wheelchair. But the pain of losing her, mm-hmm. and knowing the pain that she went through in her death. Um, which was pretty hard. She went through the last two days were really hard. Yeah. Um, Jesus knew his friend went through all this. He knew the suffering. When you were talking about Seth, when Paul said it is written in the word, it is written in the scriptures. Where is it written in the scriptures? Well, you go back to Isaiah 53, um, down here to verse 10. Yet it pleases Adonai to crush him. Um, to see if he would present himself as a guilt offer. If he does, he will see his offspring and he will prolong his days. Right there, it talks about, I'm going to, I'm going to, my son's going to die, but then he's going to prolong his days. He's going to come back to life. Um, and at his hand, Adonai's desire will be accomplished. Mm-hmm. Adonai's desire. What's Adonai's desire? Salvation for humanity. Right. You know, Back in the Garden of Eden, we were deceived through Adam and Eve. We walked away from immortality and the Garden of Eden, place of perfection. Um, and they walked away from God. Uh, but here we, has, we, we see that God is going, okay, no, no other way of saving these people is going to work unless I do it myself. Because God, one, he, he wasn't going to be tempted by sin. I'm holding up my thumb. I'm counting, you know. <laughs> you know. Anyway, to, to go back to his point, though, whenever it says it's written in the scriptures in the New Testament, mm-hmm. it's usually referring to Old Testament scriptures. And yeah. so you need to find out where those Old Testament scriptures are. How do you do that? You read your Bible. <laughs> You've got to educate yourself. You can't take the pastor's word for it. You can't take Dr. David Jeremiah's word for it, although he's very informative and he's right on. Um, but there's a lot of people that you can't trust out there. They mm-hmm. could just be blowing smoke for their own for their own, you know, gain. Right. But when you go back and you read the scriptures and you know, you know, after this ordeal, he will see satisfaction by knowing that his pain and sac that by by his knowing pain and sacrifice that he went through, I'm kind of saying this, you know, because he went through pain and sacrifice on the, on the cross. By my righteous servant makes many righteous. 
and it's for their sins that he suffers. Right. Boom. There's the verses in support of what Paul says. And you also know Jesus loves you. How do you know he loves you? He died for you. He took your pain and suffering on himself. Right. My aunt was dying. All the pain and suffering she was going through. It would have been worse. If you don't know Jesus and you die. And I don't care who I offend on this because this is what the Bible says. If you do not, if you have True. not repented of your sins, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then when you die without accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. Yep. And then at the last days, as we're going to be reading here in the last chapter of Revelation next week, they'll go to the lake of fire and sulfur, which is a second death. Right. Um, you don't want to go there. That pain and suffering... Jesus took that on himself as well, so you don't have to go through it. Mm -hmm. It's it's all about God's love. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Only those who are openly rebellious, who refuse to accept Jesus, those are the people that are going to go. But God doesn't want that. He loves them. He wants to save them if they would just choose him. Right. But let me ask you, do you think he's going to let you back in Garden of Eden? Do you think he's going to let these people who, who don't have time for him in their lives or are open rebellious to him in their life, do you think he's going to let them go to heaven? Why? Just so they can screw up things again? Right. The way Satan did back at the beginning? No. You know, he wants redemption once and for all, complete mm -hmm. and fully. Sorry, I'm derailing you there. No, um, no, you're fine. It's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, no. yeah. it's written in the scriptures. It's in the Old Testament. You can go look it up to support what the New Testament says. Yep. True. Amen to that. <clears throat> but back to First Corinthians. How about? <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. You're, no, fine. you're fine. It's great. Hey guys, there... uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign up for now. I'm going to go hang with my wife. Okay. Y'all are awesome. Disvolt. Sounds good. Disvolt. Okay. All right. All right cool. So whenever y'all are done with me, just kick me off and I'll stop talking. But right. until then, I'm going to keep <laughs> on talking. I love this stuff. Yes, it's so awesome. Keep okay. going. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 8. Last of all, as to one born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle. Because I persecute the church of God. Right. Like, cheese, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's being so hard on himself. <laughs> but well, it I just mean, goes to show even even the greatest among us are nothing really. We can't do it at all without Christ. Oh yeah. But Definitely. I can only imagine what was going through Paul's head when he was writing that down. He's like. As one born at the wrong time, like, dang, that would hurt to say, but yeah, like, that's honest because he pretty much was the last apostle, to my knowledge, right? Um, I think who Jesus so. actually showed himself to in like a physical sense, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and actually like spoke to physically, um, right? Yeah. 
even though he had persecuted the church and he had killed Christians and just was a jerk, Jesus yeah. still made him an apostle, which is awesome. And yeah, ugh, it I just love it. shows his power. Exactly. So cool. Um, but by the grace of God, in verse ten, I am what I am, mm-hmm. and His grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Humble brag much. Um, <laughs> yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have believed. Dang. Mm. That's awesome. Just... We need to take those words in. Yeah, it's just, it's so it's so powerful. Just meditate on it for a sec. Mm-hmm. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace towards me was not in vain. Ugh. <laughs> on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have believed. That's so Guys, cool. the word of God is not going to come back void. Oh, definitely not. It never does. Somebody going to say something, I'm sorry. No, I don't think so. I wasn't. Okay. Yeah, keep talking. I thought I heard something. All right. Verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Mm. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. (laughs) And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation, proclamation, sorry, is Mm. in vain. And so is your faith. You had Gentiles, Greeks specifically, who were raised in the sense of there's no physical resurrection. Right. And even still today. Yeah, you've got then you got people who are like, eh, I believe in Jesus, but he was a good prophet. I don't think he was the son of God. <laughs> yeah. And this shows and- that he is the son of God. He is for real. Exactly. And I have a friend whose mother, um, she doesn't believe in the supernatural, but she's a Christian. Right. If that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. I've never, I've never understood people like that, where they, they say they're Christian and they believe in Jesus, but then they don't believe that there's actual like angels and demons and supernatural things going on. I'm like, Are you talking about but, supernatural, like with ghosts? No, I'm well, talking no, supernatural freaking, as in the like, Holy Spirit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, just gotcha. like anything super, anything they cannot see and physically touch, they don't actually believe in. And that, I'm like, well, th- how are you even a Christian then if you and don't how, believe? And how in flawed this, sure, that is. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, yeah, uh, I've met people like that and they, they, they're, I don't know, I don't get them. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Who's that one person in the group, Zane, who said, uh, I don't know if it was Wade, your dad, or what, but someone in the group was talking about how they knew an eye doctor and how the eye doctor was talking about how um, how flawed people who say that they only believe in things that they can see and touch and stuff using their senses, and it's just like how flawed that is because the human eye can only see like three billionths of like an inch compared to like seeing like a whole meter or seeing the whole picture it's like insane i forget who that who said that um it, I, but, I don't know i yeah, don't but, actually remember it, it was this. some oh really okay so it was someone's someone has a friend um uh, who is an eye doctor who is in our group who was talking who's a christian who was talking about how flawed that is it could have been a clint maybe he he has a friend it or might someone. have been clint he he sometimes have a lot of doctor friends since his yeah yeah, so I Wife think it was right. I think that's what it was, and he uh, and basically talked about how how flawed the human eye is because we only see three billionths of an inch. It's ridiculous. It's like it's like that's how limited our eyes are. Like we we can't even see like there's so many colors we don't even know because of how we're created and how um we're limited with our bodies and once we're in like heaven it's like all the colors imagine seeing like a new color for the first time and not knowing what to call it <laughs> no oh, you man. see I... huh go ahead saying i'm sorry it, it's gonna be it's gonna be something else when we get to that point where we're able to experience stuff like that oh, it's so cool dude so cool to think about no, but guys, you see, the reason your eyes suck is not because God created you like that. No, it's because we haven't fully evolved yet. Once we're out <laughs> oh of our gosh. monkey stage, then we're going to be able to see, like, the freaking universe with just the glance of an eye. Like, it's going to be amazing, guys. We just Whoa. need to stop being monkeys. And I like how you still, uh, you still think we're in our monkey stage, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> we're still just a bunch of monkeys throwing our own poo. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, people uh, honestly think that, and it's sad. Um, I know. It's sad. <laughs> There's some really weird thoughts in the evolutionary mind, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yep. Pretty. Uh, pretty. Sad, pretty man. crazy. All right. Uh. What verse were you on? I think. So. Let me see. Uh. You're. You're. We're uh, going to verse fifteen. Yeah. That fifteen. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Fifteen right. is what it is. So just I'll go back to fourteen just to or fifth thirteen just to make sure. Okay. So, if there's no resurrection for the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Mm-hmm. And if Christ had not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain, and so is our faith. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses about God, because we have testified false wrongly about God mm-hmm. that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in right. fact the dead are, are not raised. And that's where Paul was before he found Christ. He was like, these Christians, they're trying to say that this Jesus guy is God and he came back from the dead. This is bullcrap. They're testifying falsely about God. Because I believe in Philippians, he talks about having a zeal for God 
but mm. it wasn't a righteous zeal. It was just anger because his eyes weren't opened yet. Right. And that's probably what the thought process was for several different Jews. Some Jews were probably blinded by um, the law and how they have to work for their salvation, while other Jews were blinded to the fact that um, they just couldn't understand how God could raise somebody from the dead. Right. And how someone who died can be raised from the dead. Like, how is that possible? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have people like that today. Yeah. It's like the it's like the Bible was made for all generations for all time or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how that works, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how this book does that and literally no other book in the entire world does. <laughs> yeah. And even the book the Muslims think does it, the Quran. I mean the Cor- the Quran also <laughs> Yeah, the Quran also contradicts itself and has a lot of well, uh, uh, has a lot of missing scripture that talks about Christ that they cut. Well, out. yeah, like Muhammad would be where verse fifteen, they would think that Paul or he would think that Paul is a false witness about God who testified wrongly mm-hmm. when he said that Jesus rose from the dead. Like that's where Muhammad's. Well, Muhammad stood. He's like, oh, you see, Paul. Peter, all the other apostles, they were lying to you. All right, let me tell you what really happened. What really happened is that he pretended to die. (laughs) He pretended. Uh, Boom. And then he went to to Japan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That weird cult thing. Okay, Seth, you probably don't know about this. A little little tangent. So basically, there is a in Japan. There's a in the small village outside of Tokyo, somewhere in the countryside. There is like this church in this little tiny courtyard with a cross, with this with this text, and it's just the text. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so funny. It talks about how Christ, at he at Christ after he resurrected. Um, or Christ never died. What happened was that he, like you said, he he faked his death, and then he came over on a boat over to Japan to spread the word, and uh, and um, he died in Japan, and um, and he came over in a boat to sh- to uh, talk with his brother with the most generic name ever in Japanese. Uh, what was the name again? It was like, um, uh, it was like, yeah, it was like, it was like Nisika or something like that. And it was like, it was like Jesus and his brother Nisika in Japan. It, to, it preached all around the land. And it was just like, what the heck is this? It is just like, it's a, it's like, this is the real burial site of Christ. And it's like, so Jesus faked his death and really died in Japan. It's like, how dumb is this? It's so funny to look at, so, but it's so sad that I think old people actually believe that somewhat, and it's so sad. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is that these guys are Mormons, but they're <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> That's what I'm who, hearing. 
Wasn't it like endorsed by the Catholic Church though, too, or some nonsense? No, it was endorsed by uh the the Hebrew uh, people in Jerusalem. They literally had a rock oh, that it was it by the, like the priest, whoever whoever that whoever their priest guy is had like a, his signature on that rock or whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh man, well, boys and girls, this is why we do what Brother Wade said. And we don't listen to people. Yes. Taking value. Yep. We read our Bibles. Yes, you have to read it for yourself, man. Because the Bible says that Jesus died and rose from the dead on the third day. Yep. So I'm going to take it at its word because it's proved itself to be trustworthy. So, or you you can trust a rock in the middle of Japan. You can do that. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now. Oh, uh, we're to verse 15. Six. Oh, 15 or 16? We can go back to 15, whatever. All right. Moreover, we oh, are yeah, found we to be false witnesses about God because we had testified wrongly about God that he raised up Christ, whom did not raise up. If, right. in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Yep. And if Christ had not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Those then who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. Mm. Crap, bro. For if we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. That's crazy. I love how deep he goes with it. He doesn't simply just say, yeah, it's all meaningless if Christ doesn't raise himself from the dead. But then he goes into the details of just like, yo, this is serious. (laughs) Like, if the, well, he walks across a logical conclusion, right? Oh, definitely. For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ had not been raised, your faith is worthless. You're still in your sins. Because Jesus' death on the cross, if you believe in penal substitutionary atonement, which is pretty much Jesus died to save you from your sins and take him away. He was the substitute. He was your Passover lamb. Right. His death on the cross took away your sins. But his raising from the dead Prove that he was God and he had the power to forgive and take away your sins. Mm-hmm. So you can't have the cross without the resurrection and vice versa. Yep. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Both parts are equally essential. <clears throat> and if Jesus, if we find Jesus' body somewhere in the middle of Palestine or in the middle of Japan <laughs> or in the Americas, depending on who you believe, if we find that body, May as well just do whatever you want until you die, because there's no point in doing anything else. You're screwed anyway. Yep. But thank God that Jesus is a man of his word, and we can believe him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so um, good, dude. Yes. You see why I love this crap? This crap is so good. And we haven't even gotten to the resurrection body, the thing that I really want to get to, because that'll lead on to next week. Some True. good stuff. 
Um, actually, you know what? For the sake of not spending all year long here, because <laughs> I'm a slow boy, You're fine. we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and move over to verse 35. Okay. Because then we're the actually people, going to get into the people listening sorry. can read all the verses in between. Yes, because they will read stuff. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. A better because there's some good stuff, but I want to not spend five years here. Yeah, that's fine. All right. First Corinthians 15, verse 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of bodies will they have when they come? And people had been doing that in the time of Jesus. You had the Sadducees, mm-hmm. a Hebrew group who did not believe in the resurrection from the dead. And they would ask Jesus questions like, if you got married seven times, who would be your wife in the resurrection from the dead? And it's like, well, you're missing the point, but. <laughs> yeah, way to, way to focus on the small detail, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, it's... and Jesus. Not all of them, that's what you're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus, as he does, answers it. I forget what the answer is, but. That's kind of off topic, but it just goes to show that people have been asking questions like this for forever. Um, Verse 36. I love how he starts this out. You fool! What you sow does not come to life until it dies. It's Mm. like, idiot! (laughs) What you sow does not come to life until it dies. And as for what you sow, you are not sowing the body that will be but only a seed, mm. perhaps a wheat or grain. I like but what God. Sorry. I like what the um, real quick. I like what the ESV says. Instead of saying seed, it says a bare kernel. Just like it, it just uses that word bare to make it so nothing's Small. up with the kernel. Not uh, no no genetic engineering. Nothing crazy. It's just a kernel. Yeah. <laughs> I like how that's how you, what you got out of that. <laughs> well, that's just what picked up to me. You never well, hear the word bear a whole lot, to be honest. Well, it just goes to show that we have nothing to do with the process. Right. Like, it's God who gives us both of our bodies, both our sin-filled body, but also our uncorrupted, glorious body that we're going to have on the new earth. It's all due to God. It has nothing to do with us. So that's why we should give him the glory for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in verse 38, uh, but God gives it a body as he wants and to each of the seeds, its own body. Mm. Not all flesh is the same flesh. There's one flesh for humans, one for animals, another for uh, birds and another for fish. So God's just, or Paul's just saying, everything has its own kind of flesh. Right. Which is and, a, uh, which is an interesting argument against evolution there. Mm-hmm. God made these things different. Uh, exactly. Very true. Just as a quick aside. Yep. So people who are like, um, who believe in evolution and Christianity and that they work together. Uh, this just, the fish are not the birds. They're not turning into each other. The animals are yep, different from the this birds. Just, this just proves it wrong. 
Well, it, it shows, it doesn't necessarily prove it wrong to them, but it shows to other Christians that uh, these didn't evolve and turn into other things. Very true. Mm-hmm. Right here. Yeah. Anyways, back to what you're saying, Seth. All right. And now going to verse 40. As there are different fleshes for each of the different creatures on earth, there are heaven bo- heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the splendor, I want to see if I can get this word in the Greek, what it looks like. The glory and especially divine quality, the unspoken manifestation of God. Um, that's what it looks like it is in the Greek. I don't know what that Greek word is, but I just looked it up and that's pretty good. Uh, can you sound it this, out? No, because it's Greek <laughs> letters. <laughs> and I can't read Greek. You don't speak Greek, boy? No. I know I'm a crap Christian. I know I'm terrible. No, no, right. no. You're fine. I'm kidding. All right. Ugh. Well, fellas, uh, I'm just here to tell you we're about an hour and 34 minutes in. Uh, no need to stop. Uh, I'm just letting you know about a timestamp. Okay. You want to add in anything into the podcast, Weston? You want to you wanna share your thoughts, what you think of it so far? All right, back to you, Seth. (laughs) 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 Just silence. Just absolute (laughs) silence. What a meaningful conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Weston, we love you, and we want to hear from you if you want to speak. Just saying. Um, Maybe next podcast, but no, you guys are cool. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Anyway, glory, splendor of the heavenly bodies, it's different from that of the earthly ones. There's a mm. splendor of the sun, and other of the moon, and other of the stars. In fact, one star differs from another star in splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead, sown in corruption, raised in incorruption. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Mm. Sown in weakness, raised in power. That's so cool. Sown in a natural body, raised in In a spiritual spiritual body. body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. That just gives us hope, my brothers. It's so cool because he puts it in a way to where it's just, it makes sense. Everything fits together so neatly and perfect. Mm-hmm. So cool. Because sadly, our father Adam and any one of us would do the same thing, so I'm not blaming him. True. Told but me. But I am. He... <laughs> yeah, <I'm joking. laughs> he made I just love... I love I love what voice you use for that. I am <laughs> <laughs> but he made the choice to inherit sin and corruption and disgustingness Mm -hmm. but God wasn't going to leave us there he didn't want to leave us there even right after they sinned you get the promise of the seed of the woman who is eventually Jesus and it's just so cool even then, he's talking about hope for a future yep. and grace. And it's 
Oh, it's so good. Okay. Uh, and actually, we're going to be talking about Adam. So it was written in verse 45. So it was written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. And it looks like that's in Genesis 2 7. There you go. Um, because it the is first in man, quotes. Yes, it is. Uh, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life spirit. However, the spiritual is not the first, but the natural and then the spiritual. Mm. So you'll you'll see this throughout the scriptures when it talks about the first and second Adam. You've got the first Adam, who is Adam, who was a man. He was our representative, and he decided to take on sin. He wanted to be his own master, and that introduced death and destruction into the world. Right. And then you've got Jesus, who is the second Adam, who came in not as wanting to be his own master, wanting to be his own God, but as God who wanted to be a servant and die for us. Mm. And through that sacrifice now forever, he's going to be exalted and glorified till the end of eternity. You want to know the best thing about eternity? There ain't an end to eternity. That's the best part. Um, And it's just amazing. And we don't deserve it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's almost tough to wrap your brain around the word eternity because we don't know what it's like yet. Yeah, it's crazy. That'd be awesome. Okay. So, verse 47. Excuse me. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. Hmm. The second man is from heaven. I like how the verb switch changed. This verb switch there. Yeah. And I have a little note here that says other manuscripts at the Lord. So the first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Mm. Honestly, I like those manuscripts. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, like the man, like the man of dust. So are those who are of dust. Like the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we also bear the image of the man of heaven. Mm. So this is what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 3, when he talks about being born again. And what Paul's talking about when he talks about we first have a natural body, and then we have a spiritual body. Um. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you and makes you a new creature. Right. Awesome. We don't talk about this crap enough, man. We don't talk about First Corinthians 15. People just skip over it. It's just like yada, 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 yada. It's like, okay, I kind of understand it. Moving on now. (laughs) No, we're more into our Second Corinthians 9 with our giving and stuff like that. Oh, true, true. (laughs) Very true. No, <laughs> but like uh, it's so it's important. it is it's so cool to deep dive into this and just I don't know just to All think right. about it it's so cool how everything is so neatly packed that's I keep saying yeah. that but it's just 
so perfect. Awesome. All right, boys and girls, we're almost done. We only have eight verses. Let's go. All right. <laughs> Seth, Time to spend <laughs> half an hour on each one. Oh, no. Bro, we could. Don't tip me. I, I would if I could. But uh, in verse 50, what I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. So pay attention. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Mm. So, where you are right now, if you're an unbeliever listening right now, and thank you for staying this long. I appreciate it. Yes, very awesome. But where you are right now is you have a body of flesh and blood, you have an inherent sin nature. But that doesn't mean God wants to leave you there. In fact, he wants to do the opposite. He wants to know you and love you in a personal way. And that's why he sent Jesus down to die on the cross for you specifically. Mm -hmm. Because he loves you. And that's why he rose from the dead to prove that he is God and he has the power to save you. So if you haven't yet, I pray, and I'm sure each and every one of us here and not here, pray that you come to Jesus. You come to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. Because God doesn't want to leave you where you are right now. True. He wants to raise you up. He wants to give you an incorruptible body so that we can all just serve and worship God forever for eternity. But not even just the future. He wants to help you right now where you're at whether you're having problems whether what life is great and you're just hanging out and chilling he he wants you man he wants to be there for you come to jesus it's not going to be easy i can promise you that oh yeah but it will be worth it and it is worth it amen all right after that We've got 51. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. Mm -hmm. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed for this incorruptible body will be clothed or this corruptible body sorry will be clothed in incorruptibility and this mm. mortal body will be clothed in immortality when this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality then the saying that is written will take place death has been swallowed up in victory where death is your sting or where death is your victory, where death is your sting. Mm-hmm. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Verse 57, but thanks to be the God mm. who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work. 
because you know that our labor or your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Deus Volt! Or Deus Volt! Deus Volt! So good. <laughs> we need to talk about this chapter more. We need to do it, man. Yes, it's so good. It's so... Oh, man, I don't even know what to say. It really leaves you speechless. Mm-hmm. It's so like, powerful. One day, whether that day is soon or not soon or whatever. Whatever it's going to happen. In our human timing, I mean soon or not soon, because Jesus said he's coming soon. It yep. may not be our version of soon, but it's soon. Right. Um, well... We'll be with him forever. Partying, serving, just. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Except for praise God and hot dog. <laughs> Dang diddly. I hope Dang hot dog. diddly do. I hope hot dogs aren't <laughs> in heaven. <laughs> You don't like hot dogs? What I the heck? I don't care for them. Oh, I actually don't. No, I'm hot hurt. dogs are I'm hot sorry. dogs are good, but you know, I don't want colon cancer. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that in heaven. <laughs> true. A- actually true. True. All right, anyways. Um, <laughs> Is that serious? Okay, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that's First Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, it's so and, good, man. Yeah. And I actually wanted to share this because when I was down in my faith and I didn't know if I was saved because I was stuck in sin and just down you in don't, the pits. Yeah, you don't know if you're going the right direction or not. Yeah. Um, my old youth pastor, Tony Vecchio, shout out for you, even though you're never going to see this. Um, <laughs> he just pointed me to these scriptures and he said, um, if we go back to, ow, um, if we go back to, where was it? Verse two, if you hold to this message, I preach to you, then you will be saved. Right. And he went into the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, according to the scriptures, and he was raised today on the third or raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Right. If there are any other unbelievers watching, that's how simple it is. It really is simple. Yeah, as long simple as, doesn't always. Sorry. Well, it's like it's simple, but it's so it's it's so in depth and complicated. If you get into the, like the details of it and how everything is so perfect, but the way that you accept it and the way that you become a Christian is just as long as you understand. That he is God, he saved you, he raised himself up from the dead, you are saved. And you confess with yep. your mouth that you are saved, right? Something like that. that confess with verse. your mouth if that you Jesus Christ your mouth is Lord. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. There you go. Beautiful. Amen. But yeah, Christian, if you're watching this, I pray that you are, what's the word, encouraged Enc- by this? Yes, encouraged and strengthened. Yes. And unbeliever, if you're... What? Did you say Christian the Pilgrim? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm saying Christian. But good was. reference. I appreciate that. I, I like how you're just hanging out far in the distance, Nathan. Part of the group back, there. bro. He's chilling, man. He's got a nice, comfy blanket. <laughs> kind of forlorn, actually, just back there in the dark corner next to this window. <laughs> hmm. Poor, poor soul in the distance. Oh yeah. man. But anyways, oh, um, but yeah, that's my spill on. First Corinthians great. 15, Beautiful. and I hope that, well, I don't know. It's is great. it a prelude to what we're going to be talking about next week, or I don't know how I'm yeah, going to Yeah, we can talk about Revelation. Since it's the last thing, we can just talk about Revelations next week, I guess, or on the next podcast, or whatever. Yeah. Since we're closing out Revelations, we can talk about Revelations next time, next time on the podcast or something. We'll see. It's kind of like, we just talk, we just go in there, and we just record whatever we're going to talk about. So yeah, I think yeah. I, th- it was a good one. This this podcast was great. I like this episode. It was great. Anyways, yeah, I guess I should close it out now. <laughs> but what? I right. think we're done. I think we're done. All right. Maybe. Thank you everyone for watching. Um, I hope this was an encouragement to you, and also, um, if you're a non-believer, that you do believe and that you become saved, and that we helped you with that. And that, um, well, God helped you with that, rather. And he mm-hmm. used us, right? Um, mm-hmm. So just like and subscribe. <laughs> no, but seriously. Uh, Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, just thank you guys for watching. Um, I hope you guys have a great day or night wherever you live. I'm going to go ahead and actually we're going to do a closing prayer. I almost forgot that. <clears throat> so, yeah, let's go ahead and do a closing prayer real quick. All right. Dearly Father, um, just thank you so much for your power, your scripture, your word, um, and how it breathes life into us, and how just beautiful you are, and just how beautiful everything has been tied together. And um, thank you for Jesus, and that um, that Jesus saved us, um, and is saving people right now, and just... Thank you for your power, Lord, um, and just your word and that. We reach people um, through um, your power. And we just thank you so much, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Uh, Can we get a, uh, let's close it out with a Deus Vault on three. One, two, three. Deus Vault. Oh, gosh. (laughs) <laughs> I have a great idea for next time. What's that? What's religion tier list. <laughs> religion tier list? Oh, Obviously Christianity is that. Right, and everything else a religion like- tier list would actually be so much fun.